as always, it's so good to be with you, and it truly is beginning to look a lot like Christmas as we continue to check off the Advent virtues on our wish list. we got three candles back there now. Some of the greatest gifts that you could ever receive. If, if we just had those four gifts in life, we would be the most happiest, the most joy-filled people in the world. Why? Well, here are the gifts. The gifts of hope. The gift of peace. And today, the gift of joy. What an impressive list, wouldn't you say? Uh, and then there's next week's gift, which is the greatest of them all. It says, uh, although these things, they will pass away, this one will never pass away. That's how great it is. And it's, it's truly hard as you think about, God, you bless us so much. You give us all these things, how that there could be more. But there's always more with God, always. That's God for you. See, he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love, and he wants only the best for you. That's why he's full of surprises, especially this time of the year. Well, do you know what the gift is? Don't answer it. I know some of you know. But do you know what this gift is? Um, I know what it is, but as I anticipate it, it fills my heart with joy. Um, what it does is it reminds me of when I was a child. Now, for some of us, you have to go back pretty far, okay? But when I was a child, uh, looking and wondering what's inside my presence under the tree. Now today, we, you know, we already know most everything that's under the tree and everything else, don't we? But back in then, you didn't know. You'd say, Mom, I'd like this, I'd like that, and then pop, here's this present under the tree. Well, which one is it, you know? And so when nobody was looking, if you got any kids, shut your ears to this. If nobody's looking, then I'll go in and I'll measure it. Then I'll shake it a little bit. Then I'll weigh it a little bit. And then if you're a little naughty, like I was, you tear the wrapping paper just a little bit so that you can peek inside and see what's in there. And then when mom says, well, what happened to the paper? You say, the cat did it. You know, the cat did it. You ever done that? Oh, boy, I have. Uh, but more on this greatest gift of all next week. Let's focus on today's gift, which is the gift of joy. Let me ask you, could you do with a little more joy in your life? I bet you could. I bet we all could. And I, I truly love how the liturgical air is charged with joy today. See, uh, week three of Advent is known commonly as Gaudete, or Lighten Up Sunday. And that's why you can feel joy in the songs, in the psalms, and even the colors, the liturgical colors, as we go from a purplish color to a light rose color. Lighten up. Why does the church tell us to do that? Because Jesus is near. That's why he's just around the corner. And uh, for those of you who are fashion conscious, I would like to ask you a question. Uh, people say that I look good in rose. What do you think? I just got a text while ago from my brother down in the home country. He said, you do look good in rose. So he was watching the live stream on it from last night. Um, but joy. And as we heard in the first reading today, what does God say to the people 
as he delivers them. He says, shout for joy, people of God. Shout for joy because the Lord your God is in your midst. Wow, isn't that something? And since joy, it seems today, is the one thing that is visibly disappearing in our world, I want us to spend a few moments understanding what joy is and then how to have more of it in our lives. The first thing is that joy is not the same as happiness. They're different. They're different concepts. Happiness is an outward thing. Happiness is something that's based on the outcomes of your particular circumstances or your situations. Let me give you a couple examples. If you're a kid and you get a Legos 4700-piece Star Wars Imperial Destroyer kit, guess what? You're going to be happy about that. I don't know about mom or dad because there'll be Lego parts everywhere in the house, but that's the way it goes. Or you get a puppy for Christmas. That makes you happy, doesn't it? Or ladies, how about a diamond solitaire? Minimum two carats, okay? <laughs> or men, how about a bass boat? Now, you can't put that under the tree, but you can surely put that in the drive. How about a bass boat for Christmas? See, those are the kinds of things that make you happy. But joy is different. Joy is something that comes from the inside and goes outward. Uh, see, joy is what Paul described as a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and it is produced by God working within us. That's why Paul would say in the scriptures that it is God who is the joy of our soul. And that's why Paul would say, Paul had all kinds of problems, you know, being, a, being the apostle that he was and everywhere he went, you know, he had people that loved him, but people wanted to kill him. I mean, he had, a, he had a really tough life. But Paul sort of boiled it down to this. You know, he said this. He said, in spite of all my troubles that I experience, he said, I still have my, the joy in my life from knowing God, from walking with God. It knows no bounds. It's boundless, he says. And he says, as such, I'm going to give thanks to God. See, joy is something that defies human reason. Today, we look at circumstances and then the outcome, you know, whether you should be sad, mad, glad, joyous, or whatever. That's not the way it works. See, our lives are not dependent on our circumstances. Our lives are dependent upon God. God is our strength. He's, he's our rock. And all these other things, they're going to they're change. They're going to they're gonna change weekly, daily, hourly. That's the way it is. The second thing is that we can quench our joy. We can quench our joy. I like how Paul put it. He, when he was writing to the churches in Galatia in chapter 4, he poses this question to the church. He says, people of God, what has happened to your joy? You know, where is your joy? Where is it gone? Now, if you're from the mountains like I am, we have a phrase for this, and it goes like this. There's nothing left but the rind. There's nothing left but the rind. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Well, what does that mean? You ever had a big, juicy piece of watermelon? You know, and you cut it, you slice it up, and you eat it. And then once, once you eat all the fruit, what's left? The rind, that's right. Well, what, what's, what are these people in the hill country trying to tell us? They're saying that if you're not careful, 
you can quench the joy in your life. You eat all the fruit, and then all you're holding on to, because you don't replenish it, is the rind. And then you go around looking like all you have is a rind. You know, a watermelon rind, a cantaloupe rind, a mushmelon rind. And that's what I see today, and it's, it's disturbing to me. I see many people walking around today who have nothing left but the rind of joy in their life. Is that what God wants for you? Is it? No. God doesn't want that for you. God made you for better purposes than that. So why do we, why do we walk around with the rind? That's all we got left. The fruit's all gone. Well, sometimes it's because we are constantly being judgmental. It's because we're constantly being negative about situations or life. Sometimes it's because we're unwilling to forgive past hurts. We've been hurt and people, and, and we're just unwilling to forgive that, so we're stuck in the past. Another one is that we tend to focus on our personal problems and we let a lifetime of daily bumps and grind get us down. Let me ask you a personal question. Do you ever feel that joy is being drained out of your life uh, to the point that all that remains is the rind? How much fruit have you got, the fruit of joy have you got in your life today? Well, if you want to add a little more fruit to it, I'm going to give you a couple of practical suggestions. First of all, and the obvious one, is to recognize that God wants you to experience joy in your life. That's his desire for you. Uh, see, God is not up there, some uh, aloof type of judge who's waiting for you to mess up so that he can zap you. You know, that's the way we used to think about God 70 years ago. I mean, you know, that's, that's the way it was. God was just furious. And God's just sitting there waiting and, oh, bing, you know, you're in trouble. You shouldn't have done that. That's not the way God is. No, we've learned that and we've adjusted. I like what the, the prophet Zephaniah wrote, which we heard in the scripture today. God takes great delight. God takes great delight in you and rejoices over you with singing. You know, go around, just do this. I like to whistle. You go around whistle, whistling, people will come up to you and say, that sounds really encouraging. Just whistling. You know, it's amazing what a whistle will do, you know. Uh, see, God wants to put a smile on your face, not a frown on your face. St. Uh, Pope Francis says sourpusses. He says so many Catholics are walking around like sourpusses. He says, why do you do that? Put a smile on your face. See, God wants you to experience joy in your life. The second thing is to become part of a parish family. I don't understand it. I really don't. Why would you want to go it alone in this life, especially today, when you don't have to? Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you want to do that? See, when you connect to a community, a parish of loving people, what happens is your joy overflows. You know that little girl right there a while ago, when you applauded her for her birthday, she'll never forget that. See, you affirmed her. And she said, thank you very much to me. See, she's saying thank you to you. 
See, that's part of community. That's part of being in family. And I like what I saw outside Our Lady of Lords Parish this week as I was driving by. It said this, if you believe, why not belong? If you believe, why not belong? Well, that makes good sense, doesn't it? You know, and I must say this, that at St. Albert, we are committed to helping you find joy as you progress in your pursuit of life. So if you don't have a church home, I'd invite you to strongly consider St. Albert the Great Parish. The third and final thing is to lighten up. Lighten up. You ever had anybody tell you to lighten up? You know, I have. Uh, they've told me, you need to lighten up a little bit. Uh, you know, here's the reality of the situation. Why do you want to continually stress over things you have no control over? Why is that? Why do you want to worry and, and burn brain cells and, uh, you know, endorphins and all that other stuff when there's nothing you can do to control it? See, you have to go back to the whole theme of all of Advent, and that is the source. The source of peace, the source of hope, the source of joy is God. See, God is the master of your universe. Now, he's master of the universe, I agree. But he is master of your universe, your universe, your world where you live. And this point came to roost, home to roost recently in light of a situation that I'm going through, that being the priest shortage uh, that we're experiencing here at St. Albert. I, I'm, I'm limited. I'm limited by time, I'm limited by energy, being the only assigned priest here, and, and I'll be honest, it stressed me. It stressed me a lot, even to the point that I was beginning to see my joy begin to evaporate. And then I realized, you don't have any control over that. Why in the world are you worrying about that? See, the first thing I always do when I get into a situation like this is I go to the Lord in prayer. I say, Lord, what's your will? And I say, Lord, what's your will for St. Albert the Great? Will you send somebody to help? God said, no. He said, I'm not right now. It's been quiet. It's been quiet. Sometimes I hear it. Sometimes I don't. But it's been quiet. And so I say, okay, I've got to accept that. And I've got to go on with life. And uh, that's what I've done. And this this homily has really helped me to get in touch with that and to realize that I've got to lighten up and I have to trust God. You know, I think that's so important. Uh, what did we hear in today's psalm? See, what did he say? He said, my strength and my courage are from the Lord. That's where my strength comes from. And the second reading, it says, what does Paul say? Here's the guy that had a ton of problems in his life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. rejoice. Whew, that's good, isn't it? Why can he do that? Because God is at the center of his life, not his problems, not his situations. That's always the answer. So I'd like to leave you with a couple of thoughts for reflection this morning. As you think about your own life, is the fruit of joy evaporating away? Uh, why is that? Uh, do you have any thing other than the rhyme this morning that you're carrying around with you. You know, if you're running low on joy, get yourself on God's priority list. That's what I've been doing all week. And then 
when I was writing this homily, it really came together. But I've been praying this prayer all week. God, restore the joy of my salvation. You know what? He has, and it's great. The second thing is to remember this. Christ is coming soon. He's coming soon. And somebody said, if you can't be joyous right now, uh, whatever, what other season should you be waiting for or looking for? So, church, how about cracking a couple of smiles this morning? How about lightening up a little bit over these next few days? You know, I bet it'll do you and it'll do all those around you a whole lot of good. God bless all of you. And remember, Jesus is coming soon.